Hi, everyone. Al Roker here. As a guy with his own catchphrase, I appreciate that Smokey's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But I'm filling in because there's a lot more to report. Like when there are parched or windy conditions out there, you gotta be extra careful with things like burning yard waste. After all, wildfires can start anywhere, even in your neck of the woods. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Welcome to the Wild Huntsman. On this episode, I'm just going to give you a situation report. We have some new episodes coming out with some interesting folks, so if this is your first time listening to The Wild Huntsman, I'd recommend you go on to another episode where I talk to someone interesting, expert in their field. I stepped away from the microphone for a while, and it's great to be back. While I was away, I got to talk with some other podcasters. As a guest, talk with Brian Mays of Amazing Outdoors. Brian was uh, interested in, when we contacted each other, he was interested, uh, I think primarily in my dog. I run a West Siberian Leica, if you've listened before, you know, uh, primarily for squirrel up in the Adirondacks. At this time of year, it's challenging with my Leica Altai. She wants to get out there, but up in the North Zone, it's regular deer season, so rifle deer season. And we don't run up there during that time, partly not to disturb the deer hunters in their hunt, and partly not to get my dog shot. I don't think I'd handle that well. So Altai and I have to wait for that part of the season. And in between times, I've been out doing a little waterfall hunting, a little deer hunting here and there, having a great time. I also uh, did a guest spot. I was interviewed on the Reverend Hunter podcast by Tony Jones. I can't listen to either of them. Uh, let me know if they're good or bad or terrible or indifferent. With Tony, one of the things I talked about with Tony was Turgenev the Russian author, 19th century Russian author. I think he died in the 1880s. He's seen as the man who popularized Russian literature in the West. Give him a read if you get a chance. The Sporting Sketches, or A Sportsman's Sketches, or A Hunter's Sketchbook. Depends on the translation, but it's Turgenev. And his first book was a collection of stories in a a style of literature that would come to be known as Russian realism. And he walked around with a shotgun and a dog and hunted in Russia. That book would later influence the Tsar to free the serfs. So it was an important book and well worth reading. It's it's, uh, something I read every year, either before or during hunting season. So go ahead and give those guys a listen, Amazing Outdoors and The Reverend Hunter. And I'll put a link in the notes for this episode. And you don't have to only listen to my episode on those podcasts. I don't know what I was blathering about. So in my experience, hunters are oftentimes also fishers. And fishers are oftentimes also hunters. But they have one side that they bend toward. And I started out my outdoor life as a boy in Massachusetts fishing. One of the benefits of this podcast is all the interesting uh, people I get to speak with, have conversation with, and Seems like I talked a lot about fishing in the past couple of months. I'm a hunter, and that's my primary passion. But talking with all these people, now I'm remembering how great fishing is as well. So, For a long time, I fished trout, fly fishing primarily, having opinions on how you should do it, getting to fish some uh, real cool spots in the Northeast primarily. But returning to fishing, getting back and sort of reigniting my passion as my kids get older and 
might be able to do some of the fishing for themselves. And I'm not merely a guide, but also a participant. I'm drawn to fly fish for northern pike. As a boy, fishing with my Uncle Joel in the Vermont side, the Vermont waters of Lake Champlain. Fishing for smallmouth bass primarily, I think, at the time. A big northern pike hit my lure right up against the canoe and left an impression that's been with me my entire life. So now as I've spent time in Lake Champlain, living in upstate New York, that memory sort of came back and I thought I'd like to fish for some pike. I don't know if Lake Champlain is the place to do it. From what I read, there are mixed reviews. The issue with fly fishing for northern pike, in the northeast at least, is that you should probably be able to cast better than I am able to cast. My casting is, it looks like I'm having some sort of an emergency, some sort of a breakdown. So I got to work on that this winter. Once things calm down, I think my last season up here will be small game, squirrel and uh, hare. Once that ends, I got to start working on that fly casting. Also, complicating matters, I'll be casting from a canoe half the time. I've lived a life that's uh, unsettled, not knowing if I'm going to be in the same spot for a little while. So I never invested in sheds full of decoys and large flat bottom boats with mud motors, mostly because concerned with storage, while also the tremendous expense. But I think I could have done something more than I have. I've always kept a go light system so that if I travel and if I move from one work location to another, I can take my equipment with me. And it has kept my lifelong love and admiration for canoes going pretty strong. So I don't see myself changing that anytime soon, even though now I'm old and settled. I'm just getting used to being old and settled. (laughs) Having a garage and driveway that sort of thing. Still seems new to me. It's been a few years now, so I should be coming along. But the canoe setup that I go with for duck hunting at this point has uh, evolved into a square-tailed Radisson canoe with an outboard. So I'll also be pike fishing from that. And, you know, this show isn't about bragging. This isn't a bragging show, but I do have a 2.3 horsepower outboard on the back of that canoe. It's not bragging if it's true. You might think two horsepower is enough. I went crazy and got the additional 0.3 horsepower. Now, this canoe is pretty wide. It's very wide, I should say. So wide, it's not something you'd want to paddle around. It's inefficient for that. But it's stable, and stability is important. One, if I have kids in the canoe fishing and hunting with me. And two, if I'm attempting to cast a nine-weight, nine-foot fly rod, that becomes dangerous. It's not like my four-weight trout setup. You get a number 18 parachute atoms in your ear, you know. Not the same level of horror as having a big pike fly lodged in your person. So I'm going to work on adapting and uh, acquiring that skill set. So for all of those of you who have contacted me, wondered if the podcast is still going, I appreciate that. Yes, it is. We're back. I think this might be season three. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just making that up off the top of my head. But I'm pretty sure it's season three. I'm confident. I'm sticking with that. And I think you're going to appreciate the guests that I have coming on. I've always been blessed with punching above my weight in the guests that we have. Interesting people and experts in their field and thoughtful people who keep me wanted to come back and put out podcasts and hopefully keep you wanting to listen. Stay tuned. New episodes coming soon. (laughs) 